once I seal the device works properly, they'll release me. I don't much doubt it. You see, before you reactivated it, I reversed the polarity of the neutron flow. Hello and welcome to Reversing Polarity, the very gay Doctor Who podcast where we have forgotten what a podcast is because it has been mm. so long. Oh um, my god. <laughs> We are um, we are actually, the Luddites now. What's a podcast? I think it sounds like it needs smashing with a hammer. With a hammer. With a hammer that we made ourselves using our blacksmithing mm, tools. Mm. Sounds dangerously mechanised to me. <laughs> uh, my name is Aim. My pronouns are they, them. My name is Rosie. My pronouns are also they, them. And I have been fucking busy. <laughs> Boy, it's been a tight... I think this is the, the fifth actual proper episode we've recorded all year. It is the yeah. 22nd of May. Yeah. So we're, we're getting closer and closer to real time with our releases just because time. Time, space, dimensions, relative ones in those things. Um, yeah, the yeah, relative not, ones I'm not gonna, fucking I'm not going to get into it on our fun... It. I'm not going to get into it on our fun comedy Doctor Who podcast, but it's been, an, it's been a bad time to be rosy. So I'm very pleased that we're not watching anything with time in. We're watching a mark of the Rani. <laughs> <laughs> that was very bad, but who cares? That, that was... That was very niche. I loved it. Thank, Thank you. you. Um, had you seen this one before? I had not. Although I actually, to be fair, I think I remember watching part of a serial with the Rani in it as a child because I knew who the Rani okay. was. I don't know. Are which you sure one. that wasn't from the um, Stephen Moffat Red Nose Day one? No, I think she makes an appearance there. She doesn't. She makes an appearance in Dimensions in Time. Uh, very canon. Yes, yeah, so the very canon EastEnders crossover, Dimensions in Time. <laughs> Um, we should do a special episode about that. We should see if we could pull a two-hour special episode. I think about it's just on time. our list. I think it's just on our list. I'm fairly certain. Is it? Let me. If it's not, I'm adding it right now. Mm. Okay, serials. It is. Yeah, it is, and apparently it's on our on our. So it's 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 on our radar. No. It's in our future. Um... <laughs> all these dimensions like we can't we can't get away from them but no i had not seen mark of the ronnie before um i think it's arguable whether i've watched it now <laughs> based on my attention span recently but you know i looked at it for the whole time my eyes were on it i absorbed most nice. of what was going on um nice now i know that you've seen it before but i'd love to hear more about it I had seen it before so i'd, I'd watched it it was one of the ones that um, when my old housemate Joel was in, yeah, I moved house. Listeners, yes, dear this is one of the reasons we've not been recording. I have moved into a really lovely little house. Hell it's yeah. not mine. I do not own it. I'm, I, I can't do that. But um, no. So my old housemate Joel introduced. What was it? This is one of the ones we watched. I think early lockdown. Mm. So and I just I remembered a lot of the aesthetic. So I was looking forward to rewatching it. Like yeah, that had good vibes. And then I rewatched it, and I think that's all it has. Yeah, it's just vibes. It's just vi- it's all vibes because um I know we're going to be reading the episode summary and everything and like talking about the events of the plot. Um but the summary really a plot. is quite short and there are not many events, I would say. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. I did have a good time because of all of the various elements. I just think that maybe Pip yeah. and Jane could have spent a little bit longer on this one. Maybe spent put, left it a in the bit oven more a little time. bit longer. 
because uh, they're because they're, ba- they're, ba- they're bakers, they could have. Because they're bakers, they could have left it in the oven a bit longer, Aim. Anything? Yes. Is that anything? Yes, my love. Is that anything? Um, I think it's a half-baked idea. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, maybe you could help me out with it, but they do say that too many cooks spoil the cake. <laughs> spoil, spoil the cake, that's true, that's true. Um, mm. Something, something souffle. Too many bakers spoil the cereal, I guess. <laughs> So which baker, Pip versus Jane, which one would we have? Knowing nothing about them as individuals, they've always existed as some sort of, like, morphed couple. Mm. Well, I mean, I'm just saying because there's three bakers involved in the cereal, and I'm keeping Colin. Oh, that's true. Colin should stay. Keeping Colin forever. Um, I was talking to somebody who didn't like Colin Baker the other day. Sacrilege! Sacrilege. Yeah. I mean, it yeah, was probably was it? like eight-year-old me, but who cares? <laughs> yes. I had no Whilst we've been having a time, I time-travelled to meet Rosie at various stages on their life. Look forward to your 50s. It's a good time. Mm, I'm looking um, forward to it. No, I'll have kids Somebody in a was house. just talking Tom Baker down. Colin um, Baker. Colin Baker, that was it. I've made some of my bakers up. It's been a long life. It was my colleague, because my colleague was saying that Peter Davidson was her doctor, because that's who was on when she was watching as a kid. And Colin Baker was always a bit naff, and I'm like, excuse me, I will not be hearing this heresy in no. the cafe I chose for us to sit in. Revolting. Revolting. Terrible. Good cafe, though. Gulp fiction in the covered market. Is <laughs> Good to know. Should we talk about It's Lost a cafe meets bookshop. There's <laughs> not much to say about it. Let's get started. Yeah. Um, so it's going to be one of those Barani, episodes. In 90- it's a pseudo-historical, which I do enjoy, but it... it mm. It's not, not a great pseudo-historical. It's also the first story since the Gunfighters to feature real historical figures as characters. And then I don't think it happens again for quite a while. Uh, well, the Silver Nemesis, I think. That's Maybe true. that has some in- I'm not sure if that has some in actually. And then Time Lash has like fucking HG Wells in it. I, I have not experienced Time Lash yet. And I'm no, super and psyched. I'm I'm looking forward I think to time experiencing Lash might be... Time Lash. It might be my favourite thing I've ever watched. I'm just going to make that prediction. I'm really looking forward Please to it. Please save that sound clip for when we um, yeah, do the episode. Yeah, when we you do it. I, it I'm really tempted to just watch it impromptu. Like, I've taken tomorrow off of work because brain. Um, and mm. it's very tempting to just watch Time Lash. I'm going to be honest. Because then I can watch Paul Darrow being a fucking drama queen. <laughs> well, we can. We could actually just record Time Lash next weekend for the fun of it. Fucking, Yeah. Anyway, um, so <laughs> in 19th century England, the sixth doctor finds weekend. himself facing two. We'll get back to it. Finds himself facing two <laughs> competing enemies: his old adversary, the master. And, I mean, that's one word for their relationship, isn't it? Um, and the first mm-hmm. Rani, that's how I refer to ha- like a couple of my exes. Yeah, and the first Rani, another time lord with a sinister plan. The local population is turning violent and unpredictable. With a major meeting of the brains of the Industrial Revolution due to happen in the village soon, the Doctor must work out what exactly is causing all the problems. Sorry. Mm. What What exactly is causing all the problems? Let's ask the Doctor to find (laughs) out. A man who causes so many problems. (laughs) The Doctor, the cause of and solution to many of life's problems. Get yourself a man who can do both, I guess. Mm. Only the Doctor can stop the Master and the Rani's evil plans. This is... I yes, love because the Doctor happens to be there. I love the Rani so much. And I thought that she would be your wife immediately. Previously, I did this only on vibes and the fact that she was a, a woman. Because, you know, feminism is just blindly supporting any woman ever, as we know. Um, <laughs> 
but uh, I thought you were going to say because lesbianism, but uh, no feminism, obviously. Um, but no, uh, I now I've seen a serial with her in. She fucking rocks, and we'll talk more about she it later. Slaps. But like, I saw so many people accuse Kate Omara of underacting, and I'm like, no, she just has a particular characterization that really works. Fucking. She's definitely not underacting. She's doing a lot here. She's, she's doing she's, a she's, lot. She's bringing it. She, she's um, bringing the bacon home. Yeah, the Industrial Revolution stuff in this is um, fraught, but I'm sure we'll talk about it mm. later. Mm. All right, let's start with episode one. Oop, sorry. Yes, one of two. Only two episodes. <laughs> one of two. Get ready for TARDIS Wiki being very concise as well. Woo! After some of the summaries we deal with. Something is amiss in the mining village of Killingworth in early 19th century England. Miners are being gassed in the bathhouse and turned into thugs and vandals, attacking men and smashing up machinery, seen as Luddites by other locals. The Sixth Doctor and Perry Brown witness this when they arrive in Killingworth looking for the cause of some time distortion. They also notice one of the rampaging miners has a strange red mark on his neck. Very spooky. Very Curse of the Black Spots, but make Mm. it the Industrial Revolution, I guess. Mm. Crimson Horror. Mm -mm -mm. With his usual audacity... Oh, that's a good way to put it. Mm. The doctor foists himself upon the local landowner, Lord Ravensworth, who is concerned at the ferocity of the attacks, with the most passive of men suddenly turning violent and unpredictable. This proves how much I was simply looking at the screen for this part, because I don't remember, like, 80% of this stuff. <laughs> no, I mean, um, we were originally meant to record this episode about a month ago. Uh, yeah, so I, I watched would... part one about a month ago, and part yeah. two... Five minutes before we started recording. Yeah, well, we so did. Have... We optimistically recorded the time medley in advance. I think we were supposed yeah. to record this in like February. <laughs> Everything fell apart in February. Yeah. We're just trying to put the pieces back in the bag. Yes, and we are doing it. We are. We are doing very well. We are living. Um, Truly. But yeah, like the whole Industrial Revolution thing, it's not exactly to live when this is, but obviously um, the Luddites, if any listeners are not aware, was a sort of a conglomeration of workers who protested against the incoming mechanisation and automisation of various industries by smashing machines. This is my understanding of the Luddites. And they were led by, is it George Ludd? Most people in the 1800s were called George. I would say conservatively, like 60% of men in the 1800s were called George. Um... And honestly, yeah, they yeah, were that, right. That honestly, the Luddites were right, and I think we need to get back to being Luddites. I again. think we like looking at the AI incoming AI revolution. We need to kill the machines. Mm. Okay, the Luddites were a secret oath-based organization. What? What was the um, oath? What was the oath? What was uh, the oath? I'm, I will find out soon. Um, of English textile workers in the 19th century, a radical faction which destroyed textile machinery. The group are believed to have taken their name from Ned Ludd. There you go. A legendary uh, so weaver. That, that's actually quite a low. That's probably about a two percent of men. Mm, mm. Although Edward was quite popular as well, so you oh, know, that's true, who knows? That's true. Um, but yeah, they started in Nottingham. Hell yeah! And then moved. Hell yeah, up. baby! Many Luddites were owners of workshops that had closed because factories could sell the same products for less. So Luddites weren't really about mining, although they did protest mining, I guess. Mm. But it was more about it's more artisanal cotton. Uh, what's the word? Oh my god! Um, the the cloth making, weaving, the jennies, the jennies. What was the name of the jennies? The, the looms? Yeah, but they had a though na- they had a name. Hang on. But those machines were also spinning Jenny. As well. Spinning Jenny. Spinning Jennies. Yes, that was invented they in the seventeen hundreds. They were very, very dangerous. And then they sort of con- they made them. 
Any, anyway, with low, did... lowering quality of life, I wonder what 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 happens when you see a mass population have a rapidly declining quality of life. Mm, cost of living crises. Mm. Mm. Maybe we should smash things. Yeah, I do really enjoy the doctor foisting himself upon the local landowner, which is that he goes up, yeah. he sees that someone's got like a list of guests or something, and he goes, "All right, I'm just going to walk in like I own the place." Perry is following after him in her beautiful, extremely anachronistic outfit. Oh, she looks incredible. Um, uh, and he sort of tries to walk past. And he's like, "I am a VIP." Yes, love it. He is a VIP. He is, he is a VIP. The MIP, actually. Yes, exactly. And then Lord Ravensworth Most turns important. up and is like, "Stop with this nonsense about about VIPs. I know you're not on the list. I would recognise you." <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't support yeah, Lord Ravensworth because he was definitely a Tory, but I do think he's quite funny, so that helps. Um, he's actually the doctor is actually excited to meet George Stevenson, who was uh, a railway engineer. So I'm not sure why he's in this. A potential relative of mine. Indeed, we'll get, we'll get to that. exciting, uh-huh, exciting. Uh-huh. Um, this is the very highest, very distant. There, there's a lot of um, the the episode sort of opens with a sort of cold open because the TARDIS doesn't appear for a bit. It's just sort of people hanging out in the mining village for a while. Um, I quite like that. The director is a woman. Unbelievably. Yes. Uh, yeah. I think she does Which, a good um, job. There aren't many female directors of this show, past or present, no. sadly. No. Although Rachel Talalay is doing the 60th, so that's good. Fuck yeah. Can we, can we add a section to talk about the 60th? Yes. Oh my God. <laughs> okay, I'm popping it in after critique and before EU. Okay. Yes. It's fucking the 22nd of May and we've just got a lot going on. We, we just haven't podcasted in a long time. Last time was Will, and before that it was Nemo. Nemo has since reported a much closer... Oh, Will and... <laughs> much closer Will and Nemo were, were consecutive They well. were consecutive they were back to one back. night after the other. What a fucking time and to be alive. The first, that was the week I moved house, because with Will I didn't have a desk yet, and with Nemo I finished building the desk ten minutes before we started recording. Indeed, indeed. You were building your desk instead of... I can't even remember what we were talking about. I've listened to that episode many a time. It's very good. You should listen to our um, Chinese fa- Chinese representation in Doctor Who. It's a really episode, fun episode, which is mostly about Guardian. <laughs> um, yeah. Shall we move on? Yes, let's move on. Jesus were you going to say something? No, I don't know what it was. The answer lies in the local bathhouse. As many things. The master's do. the master has turned up at this key point in human history. Is it a key point in human history? Discuss 10 marks. I mean, it's a key point in the sense that if the Luddites succeed in this, then the Industrial Revolution will be delayed by, like, mm, five months. (laughs) (laughs) During which time? Um, The Master has turned up... He forces his way into the presence of the old woman who runs the bathhouse. In reality, it's another Time Lord, the first Rani. And she pulls off her disguise. It's an incredible disguise. It's so pantomime. She is a gifted chemist and is using the setup of the bathhouse to anaesthetize the miners and distill from them the neurochemicals that enable sleep. Fucking terrifying. Mm. Um, I called my GP this week to say hello. Yes. Hi, Matt. How are you? I'm fine. How are you? While I'm calling because I have problems, Matt. You're my doctor. Yes. Um, and we were talking about sleep. And he did just throw in the line, there's a reason why sleep dep- depri- deprivation... There's a reason why sleep deprivation is used as torture. <laughs> this this Sorry. Really, really follows. This is the sort of thing my GP says to me. I'm very fond of him. Yes, he does seem good. My GP uh, constantly texts us to remind us that we shouldn't be making appointments because they don't have any stuff. 
Oh no. The NHS. We have the online form and they'll get back to us in a day. It's great. I highly recommend. I mean, they get back to us, but they mostly go, "Mm, this doesn't need an appointment. And I'm like, but, but, but. Uh, so that's good. <laughs> anyway, um, mm. the Rani being a chemist is a very cool setup because I think it sort of harkens back to the Time Lords as like science, like scientist as a scientist race, mm. where everyone is doing experiments, ethical or otherwise. <laughs> Usually, we also otherwise. need to. Oh yeah, we also need a moment to like appreciate women in STEM. Yeah, she. People right, hate. Baby? Aim. People hate to see a girl boss winning. They do. They really do. Did she effectively use Not me. girl power? <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. Go on. Go on. Finish the thought. Did the Rani effectively utilize girl power by mobilizing paramilitary death squads on Miyazi Miyagoria? Yes. <laughs> yeah. With great power comes great responsibility, I guess. Mm. Anyway, thank God Thatcher's dead and we're egging her statue, am I right? <sighs> Did you see the guy selling eggs by the statue? Yes, of course. True. Hero Fucking of the hero. people. Anyway, this, um, this plot from her is what causes the red mark on the victims. Mm. These chemicals are synthesised for use back on Miasmia Goria, a planet she rules what the fuck, mm-hmm. and which the master has visited, where her other experiments have left the inhabitants without the ability to rest and are now rebelling. I too would rebel if I couldn't fucking sleep. Yeah. Yeah. He persuades her they need to deal with the doctor together. He also steals some of the precious brain fluid <laughs> she has collected to ensure her collaboration. <laughs> this is the stupidest MacGuffin yet. It's just yeah. a little vial brain. of of cloudy just a little guy. liquid just a little vial just a little vial yeah it is a rocky partnership full of half truths and deceptions <gasps> as it would be with these two fuckers wouldn't it mm. the master goes to deal with the doctor egging on local miners to attack his enemy and persuade them persuading some to throw the doctor's TARDIS <laughs> down a mine shaft he has to, he like we haven't established that they're feeding people maggots we haven't established this, no. Like, like we this haven't... This bit kind like, of went over my head. The the maggots thing, I I assumed that was how she was anaesthetising the miners, which... <laughs> the, she just yeah. has this little box of maggots, and if you feed someone the maggots, their eyes go glow blue, and then she's, like, harvesting the goo, I guess. I guess. It's... I feel like just saying that she's anaesthetising them really doesn't bring up the fact that they put maggots in their mouths and make them eat them. And then they can't sleep. And then they can't sleep, so they get more and more Maybe aggressive. it's actually just indigestion because people aren't <laughs> meant to eat maggots. No. Maybe that's all that's going on here. No, exactly. Um, the doctor, meanwhile, has dressed as a miner and entered the bathhouse. Barely. He's soon... wearing a coat. <laughs> He's dressed as a miner. He's not wearing his usual coat. He soon deduces the Rani schemes because he is an exposition device in this story. She traps him, but he challenges her ethics. She reveals she has been coming to Earth for centuries to harvest her precious chemicals. The master convinces the Rani to let him deal with the Doctor. He has the TARDIS pushed down a mineshaft. The angry Luddites put the Doctor in a cart to ensure that he follows it. Yes, because um, the Doctor has been strapped to a table. Such a slow episode. The Doctor has been strapped to a table with some metal bracelets. Um, mm-hmm. and he gets stra- strapped to this table. He's wearing this sort of sheepskin jacket, and he's strapped to this table. And they take him out of the of the bathhouse, and then they, um, they 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 push him down a hill. Um, 
They do. It's it's like a little roller coaster. You have some very close up cam on Colin's face, mm, and then the luddites, the miners, sort of go, "Oh, there he is! There he is! Get him!" And then they sort of grab him and put Get him on. They put him on top of yeah. a minecart and then push the minecart towards a mine shaft. Um, and cut the credits. Didn't he, they previously try to push him down a mine shaft in the same episode? I think they might have. Oh, close to the beginning when they thought mm. he was an imposter. Because then Lord Ravensworth yeah, like goes to rescue him, and he's been like clinging to this chain, like Perry, Perry. Um, yeah, yeah, very dramatic. Yeah, it so, is yeah, a... that's episode one. You're I right, found it very boring to watch. It's very slow. I was contemporaneously reading a Hurt Comfort fanfic that wasn't very good. Um, so I sort of associate that in my brain with this. But yeah, it's. <sighs> The Rani is so cool, but she's on screen for like 10 of the 45 minutes. The master is just sort of there. I like that it says mm. the master has turned up because that's essentially exactly what it is. He's just sort of appeared and <laughs> for no reason except apparently to harass his ex-husband. Yeah. Like, does I he just, just I do this a lot? Like, wow, just... I remember this being good. This is so boring. Does he pop up? And do... This is because you've now experienced a much wider breadth of classic Who aim. So what you initially not, yeah, thought that's... was really good, now that you've watched The Mutants, the you know. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> Do you see one of our so followers? Somebody tweeted this weekend about um, about our Mutants pod yeah. and how it inspired them to watch The Mutants, and I was like, brilliant, good, we're doing mm. the Lord's work. Yeah, because he had been had to avoiding s- it the whole time. Yeah, so I think I just definitely like, yeah, someone's watching The Mutants because of us. And then George, my partner, who doesn't watch much classic, he was like, what's The Mutants? <gasps> and I had to tell tell him of its glory. And he mainly seemed perplexed. I did explain the Rainbow of Justice. Yes, the Rainbow the of Justice of is very important. But yes, we had a follower who I'm going to find... Let's find the name and do a little shout out because that'll be fun. Because I shouted out Lily recently. Um, yes. Yes. Uh, Nathan, thank you, Nathan, tweeted Thanks, us Nathan. about watching The Mutants because he had never seen it before. But he, our episode um, had him intrigued, although he wasn't sure whether our praise was sarcastic. We are never. We're not mass. We're very wholehearted people. Mm. When when we don't like something, we wouldn't give it four stars out of what it wasn't four stars. Actually, I think mine was four footballs or whatever it was. But anyway, my point stands. (laughs) Thank you, Nathan, for watching the mutants. It's very good. It's very good. Should I do episode two? Yes, episode two. The Doctor is saved by inventor George Stevenson. I love this guy. He's so sweet. He's. Yeah, like, he's he's all right. He's a guy. He just I just find him very soothing as a presence. Um, mm. I don't know exactly why. He just has a calming face. His actor has been That's married true. to Zoe Wanamaker for like thirty years. Rosie, why have I not been married to Zoe Wanamaker for thirty years? Because you're not, not thirty years old yet. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I just find him quite soothing. Um, George Stevenson is uh, a real person, or was a real person. He invented like a standard measurement for wa- railway gauges for the girders you use to make railway tracks. So that when that's really really important, it is very important. He realised that eventually all of the railway lines were going to connect, and he was like, "We all, we need to have the same size of railway track, guys." And he was right. Or the trains um, are going to be sad. Yeah, he was very much like he was born into poverty and then he worked his way out of poverty, which is, you know, something of a, a pre-industrial revolution oddity because it's hard to do that these days um, because of capitalism being invented and such. But, yeah, you know. I think I think our listeners know our take on capitalism. Yes, which is that it's bad. It's bad. 
He's safely invented George Stevenson. One fucking sentence in before I got distracted. Fascinating. Also, I think the Doctor is crushing on George Stevenson. That's just that's just my opinion. I can see it. Um, it. He and Perry return to Lord Ravensworth, where Stevenson has planned a meeting of scientific and engineering geniuses in the village. (laughs) The Doctor is worried about the wisdom of such a meeting in the current circumstances, but the Master is so desperate to see the event take place, he uses mind control of Stevenson's young aide, Luke Ward, telling him to kill anyone who tries to prevent it. The mind control is the maggots again! Hypnosis! Is it? We have hypnosis later on, don't we? Oh no, hang on. Um... You know, because Luke Ward, he like gives him the maggot and then takes the letter off him because the letter was sent to try and cancel the meeting. Um, okay. I don't know. It's it's a weird one. Also, like the okay. master can canonically hypnotize people. So can we please get some fucking hypnosis or something? Like, come on, guys. Maybe he's trying maggots on for size. Maybe. I mean, he did just... <laughs> I love the bit where he takes the whole jar of them off the Rani and she goes, I said you could have one! <laughs> It's like a mum offering a bag of sweets to their child and being like, you can have one. Yes. One maggot and no more. <laughs> um, yes, the master wants to use the finest brains of the Industrial Revolution to speed up Earth's development and then use the planet as a power base. He strikes a deal with the Rani. She may return to Earth at any time to harvest more brain fluid if she helps him achieve this. But how is he going to stop her, though? Like, they have the steel, but... How is he going to stop her? Um, I don't think the master has ever thought that far ahead ever in his life. <sighs> the master's yeah, whole shtick, and I really admire him for this, is to have a plan and then for it to go horribly wrong the second he ends. Like, the plan goes and he's like, great, I've achieved my ends. And then it all collapses back on him because of all the consequences he didn't think about. Oh no, look at all the... Yeah. Oh no, the consequences of my actions. How could they? Mm. Homophobia in action. Indeed. I am still thinking about that fan art of Delgado Master and Three Kissing, by the way. Um, just oh, so you know. It's beautiful. It was so it's cute. Beautiful. So cute. But yes. Um, uh, sorry, I'm just looking at the art now. There they are! Oh, man. And they're kissing. And they're kissing. Um, <laughs> I wish there was a third okay. picture in the set that was the Sixth Doctor and Amy Master kissing. Because, I mean, they've got the vibes. They've got the chemistry. Mm. Um, you have a little note here. I do. This is also when she zaps the two dudes and they get that little red spot on their neck and the master looks right at it and says, Mark of the Rani, which is the name of the thing. It's the name of the thing! The name of the thing, they say the name of the thing. Oh my god, they said the name of the thing. While the villains are away. (laughs) I love that, just while the villains. They're like Team Rocket, I think. (laughs) Who would be Meowth? Um, Who in Doctor Who is Meowth? (laughs) No. (laughs) Evil canine. (laughs) Evil canine. Evil canine. There needs to be, like, Inferno, because there's this theory about the centenary being Inferno Universe or whatever. Um, (gasps) Is there? I saw it because they've got sort of... Yeah, they've got, like, a more... Anyway, anyway, anyway. Spoilers for slap pictures, I guess. Okay, I'm adding that to Um, notes for six years. While the villains are away, the Doctor returns to the bathhouse and dodges booby traps to enter... (laughs) Sorry. To enter the Rani's TARDIS. Is it because it said booby? It is because it said booby. Her control room holds jars of preserved dinosaur embryos because... Why not? I love it. Presumably, I adore the presumably she's got them out of the eggs and is just putting them in the jars, which, fair enough. The, the Rani's TARDIS, as you say, the design is so fun. Like, it's so it's 80s. so fun. And it's so, You get like, so much of her character from it as well. It's a yeah. really good use of, like, props for storytelling. She, I really, really like the conception of her character as, as you say, a woman in STEM. Like, this yeah. amoral scientist is a pretty standard Doctor Who trope, but this time, woman and Time Lord. It's good. Um, it's a really nice one, yeah. 
she summons her ship to the old mine workings with a remote control device, with the doctor still inside. He hides while his adversaries talk. The Rani has also set landmines in nearby Redfern Dell. When the coast is clear, the doctor slips away back to report back to Ravensworth, Stevenson, and Luke, who is behaving strangely. <laughs> yes, because he has a maggot in his mm. tummy. Um, we, we would all be well be in that situation. Yeah, I'm shocked none of them just chewed. Um, not to be gross, but mm. surely if you kill the maggot, it won't do it. Unless it's that it's full of some kind of mind control juice. I'm eating chips, not maggots. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I had. In case anywhere food noises. I had to. Down, t- I had to take the food bin out earlier, and there was bin juice in the bottom, and I felt very, un- very, Ooh. very unhappy. Ooh. Anyway, <laughs> um, Perry is making herself useful. Today. Yes, Perry is making herself useful by using her botanical knowledge to make a sleeping draft for the afflicted miners. I do really like Perry Let gets Perry just be a botanist. Perry gets to do a lot of sort of talking about plants and stuff in this serial. There's a bit in the yeah. first episode where she's like, "God, this isn't cute. This isn't cute gardens." Um. <laughs> And how, like, she does this whole thing about the environment and how, like, if we keep deforesting, then eventually we're not going to have any trees. And I'm like, oh, Perry, you're so right. And I wish you were. She's so right. Um, Perry for Centenary Special. <laughs> with the yes, same please. with the same accent, accent in every particular. <laughs> in every particular, including the bits where she flubs it in this serial, because it's hard to yeah. do an accent consistently. Um yeah, she's making a sleeping draft so that they can sleep, I guess. I feel like it wasn't really made clear to me that they're all sleepless. It's just said that they can't sleep. There's not really, like, a scene mm. where they're all lying awake, like, you know... At midnight. Spookily, their eyes are gleaming in the dim light as their, as their wives are asleep beside them. Like, you know... Mm. That would be some good storytelling. Thank you. <laughs> I was... Because ex- I, I knew about the spe- I knew about the sleeping thing beforehand, and then I was like, this isn't really being communicated to me very clearly. Um, no. But yes, her quest for herbs leads her to Redfern Dell. The Doctor surprises the Master and the Rani, who are lurking at the edge of the Dell. Soon after he... Dell is in... It is like a word for, like, a, a copse of trees, I guess. Yeah. Um, soon after he does, he sees Luke step on a mine and get turned into a tree. <laughs> Such a weird fucking show. I don't remember I this. I think I erased I it. I, I, I literally brain. just, I literally just watched this episode, and I don't. Remember I'm gonna it. find the. I could scene. have been looking at my fish cake. I'm gonna find the scene. But yeah, so yes. he turns into a tree, and the tree sort of moves to try and help Perry. I guess. Um, the Doctor takes the other two Time Lords prisoner with the Master's own tissue compression eliminator. Yes, the tissue compression eliminator. <laughs> We love to see it. Yes, we love it to see it. It needs to show up more. We love to just just look at the shape of it. Wow, what a shape it has. It's um, definitely not reminiscent of anything. Definitely not. Definitely not being used by the master on those cold, lonely nights. <laughs> Perry takes charge of them, but the Rani's deviousness outstrips the masters and she is the one who enables them to escape. She's pretending to be like choking to death or something, isn't she? Yeah, something like that. The Rani and the Master flee in her TARDIS, but the Doctor also has a trick or two. He has sabotaged the navigational system. This is a bit like in Time Meddler. Not that we've watched the Time Meddler yet, listeners. <laughs> Definitely What not is yet. a Time Meddler? It's a bit like in the Time Meddler where he takes the dimensional compressor or whatever it's called out of the Monk's TARDIS. Um... And it is, yes, it is. Yeah. Uh, so the ship is out of control, and there's a lot of distortion effects here. And in the destabilized condition, one of the jars holding a Tyrannosaurus Rex embryo falls on the floor, and the creature affected by the time spillage starts to grow. 
Oh my it's, god. It's perfect Doctor Who. The, the, the effects are literally like one of those funhouse mirrors. Yeah, it's stellar. It's so It's perfect. Good. Absolutely perfect. We, no we, notes. We stated earlier no on notes. the show that... Hmm? No notes. Oh, no notes. No notes. No notes. Um, we stated earlier on the show that everything that Doctor Who has ever done is good, actually, in terms of effects and the like. Mm. And this is just a perfect example of that. Yes. The, the alien and the sci-fi effects are only ever good. Big snake. 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 Bigger snake. Um, yes, I'm looking forward to Snake Dance, where we will hopefully get Big Snake once more. More Big Snake? I've not seen Snake Dance. No, I'm, me neither. If we don't get more Big Snake, I will feel like we have been robbed. Yeah. When Nemo's the showrunner, we need to pitch the Mara again. And it needs to be the same... Which they will be, The same frankly. Big Snake prop. <laughs> get it out of storage. Repaint it. Spruce it up. That same Don't even snake. repaint it. Just let it Just let it be a little bit, a little bit tatty. A tatty snake. A snake that... <laughs> The snake that's been through it. Yes. The Doctor and Perry make a swap with Ravensworth, who has retrieved the TARDIS. He gets the vial of brain fluid, which he is told to give to the affected miners. Before the eyes of an astonished scientist and his financier, financier, the TARDIS departs. Mm -hmm. Dun, 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 end of serial. Whoa. And next time, it's the two Doctors, which we've already watched, listened to our episode about it. It's good. It's a really fun one. My bro's on there. My literal biological... Yeah, we have... To remain in this universe, the creature would have to reverse its polarity. Uh, so so that was the Mark of the Rani. Overall, it's a mess. Hmm. See, I remembered you saying mess. that it was great, and I was like, hmm. Was Aim awake when they were watching this? <laughs> I might have had some wine. Hmm. Yeah, it is... There's so much fun stuff about it, but as a whole, it doesn't make... It's... Can you see how I can remember it being yeah, great, though? Yeah, it's not... Like, the bits that are good are really good. It's not a story. They're just bits. It's not a story. No. Like, the things that happen in it are not continuous enough. There's not a start, there's definitely not a middle, and it never ends. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. Like, there's there's not a lot to say, because there's not a lot going on here. <laughs> Um, there's um there's the vibes yeah um, to be clear there's some interesting history stuff it's just not very yeah for an educational doctor who it doesn't teach you very much yeah to be to be clear listeners this serial is an hour and a half like we've summarized an hour and a half's worth in 30 minutes and the fact that and that, you know how long it takes us to do things yeah and they missed the maggots out but beyond that like there's not a lot that's there's not, not much there. else like there's more there stevenson like, and more ravens in episode one but other than that not a lot I think it comes from Pip and Jane Baker generally underestimating kids. Yeah. Like, a lot of their stories tend to be overly simplistic because they seem to... I mean, the only other just... series is a children's series, so... It's true. Because, oh, well, I say only other series. You watched the... it, didn't you? I I stole a novelization of that the first episode of What on Earth. I have not read it yet. But yeah, they wrote various things, but mostly known for Doctor Who and What on Earth, which was... Hmm. I'm sure I'll watch it eventually. <laughs> well, knowing you, you'll watch it tomorrow your day off after you finish Time Lash. Oh. <laughs> oh, man. An apple a day keeps the... Uh... No, never mind. It's our colourful man. I love him. I love him so much. Look look at him. Look at the cat badge that's like a cat on its, like, you know, with its... Br what's it called? I can't think of the word. Bristling? Bristling. 
I don't know what you're trying to convey using language. It's it, you know when a cat goes on all its claws and then like it's this the fur stands up and it's like that, yes that what's that called? Cool. What what's it called? Um, I always call it a cat doing cat pose as if it's doing yoga. Fair enough, cat pose. That's not what it's called. <laughs> we'll call it that though. If we call it that enough, that's how language works. No. Well, now we need to call it that every episode so we have enough of an in. But yes, his outfit, as always, is spectacular. He takes the coat off at one point and you get to see the waistcoat. My favourite waistcoat. Love the waistcoat. I've started wearing ties to work and our next step is waistcoats and I want the Sixth Doctor's waistcoat quite badly. Uh, you could make it. I could make it and I will eventually. But yes, um, he's just on it this episode. There's so many quotes from stuff. Like Shakespeare, like all this other stuff. Oh, he's, there's a lot of Shakespeare. He's so excited about meeting George Stevenson. There's like the good, like this is the sort of level of meeting a historical figure that I enjoy. Like less so than, mm-hmm. and I love 13, you know I love 13. Less so than <laughs> 13 going, Rosa Parks! <laughs> like, you know, I don't know. It just, I'm sorry, it's, it's perfect dialogue. What, yelling Rosa Parks in the face of Rosa yes. Parks? maybe once but not every time she meets a historical figure i'm I'm not sure what happens in the witch finders but i'm sure at some point she goes king james the first king james king james the sixth of scotland (laughs) yeah yeah it's integrated in a more fun way um and you know it was rarer to have actual historical figures in doctor who at this point in Mm. doctor who's history these days it's much more common i would say or at least it's more frequent statistically. Yeah. Oh, um, but um, you should have to get the waistcoat. Malfunctioning. Malfunctioning. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> That's the delivery we need. He he just seems on top form in this episode. He is. It's his peripheral vision when he goes and rescues Perry. <laughs> I love that so much that I noted it down as well. So you'd already noted it down. I kept mm. it in. Mm. The six, and then you, you cut to this really lovely like reply shot of P- Perry going, mm, the pun face. Yeah, it's, it's beautiful. Like it's so good, and like the relationship between them in this episode is very good. Like she doesn't get a lot to do, which yes. is my complaint. But the dynamic between Six and Perry is at like the right level of mm-hmm. argumentative versus caring. Um, that I think exemplifies why she still travels with the Doctor, even when he's being a bit of a bellend to her. <laughs> I mean, he does that a lot. He's very mean to her. He's nice to her for a lot of this episode. Yeah, that's that's also the level I like, where he's still nice to her. It's just that he's just oblivious enough that he is occasionally offhandedly dismissive. Yeah. Yeah. Um, also, I liked that the Rani kept saying he was having dilemmas. She said it twice, so technically he has a twin dilemma <laughs> in this serial. <laughs> oh, oh, poor Colin. Cast for the twin dilemma. Mm. I, I did enjoy his offence at being described as dilettante. Mm. Also, I didn't know that it's pronounced dilettante. I thought it was dilettante the whole time. I would read that as dilettante. I heard dilettante and I was like, is that is that Italian? I genuinely so I looked it, it like, up. Oh. I looked it up. So um, did I. I have titled a fic with this, using this word in it. Um, one of my my Lord Peter Whimsy Good Omens crossover, if if you must know. Um, <sighs> Rosie, you're such an icon. Thank you. It's one of my best fics. 
Um, <laughs> Peter goes to Aziraphale's shop to buy to buy a book for his brother for Christmas, and then Aziraphale reveals that he's a big fan of detective stories, and you know it's good. An amateur, yes, without real commitment or knowledge, yes. Also, um, cowards die many times before their deaths, and it's like, babe, you're being a right coward like three serials ago. <laughs> Yeah, I think Six often talks about cowardice. So. Mm, it's interesting. I think it's because he's quite preoccupied with it. For someone who's so bombastic as well. Mm. He wants to. He wants to. Uh, he wants to be brave. He wants to reap the rewards of being brave. But in order to do that, he must go through the mortifying ordeal of actually doing brave things. Te- truly terrifying. Mm, and he does most of the time. Yeah, no, he does most of the time. I love Six. I love Six so much. Mm. Six, I would have loved to get some more Six Master Rani backstory in this. Mm. That would have been good, but I'm a sucker for a backstory. Yeah, he, when, they, when Perry asks how he knows the Rani, he goes, the same way I know the Master, and I'm like, you were thrice divorced? <laughs> <laughs> no, I think it's meant, to, it's meant to imply that they were at the Academy together, right? Or that they grew up together. Yes, Which is yeah. hilarious! Well, the, the next line is like, I'm imagining it them implies like... that he knows them by being disgraced time lords. For some reason, the first... Tri- I was about to compare them to a fictional trio. And for some reason, the first trio I came up with is Mary, Colin and Dickon from The Secret Garden. Are you okay? <laughs> <laughs> I think that Rani has Mary from The Secret Garden vibes. I mean, she doesn't, but... She really doesn't. She really doesn't. She, she has the opposite of this vibe. <laughs> I mean, Mary starts out being very horrible, so there's that. I've only ever got like half, like half, a couple of chapters into the actual book. I've read it a couple of times when I was a kid. I just want to sum up Six is that I love him the most. I just love him so much. I want to give him a hug. I think he would pick me up if I gave him a hug and it would be nice. Yep. Colin Baker. He'd... I've met you and we've never Colin hugged. Colin Baker. But... Give... You'll have to remedy that. Yes. We still need to be brave enough Next to time. ask him for, to be on the podcast. I think he'd say yes. I like I to think, think so. I think he would. I think it'd be really funny to get him on an episode that's not a Sixth Doctor episode. Mm, we shall see. I just, I just think that would be neat. I mean, I'll have to vibe with the fact that we call everything gay. <laughs> I think he would. Something yeah. about him. He's got big ally vibes. I have to go. Now look, if you're going to be in trouble, you'll need me to look after you. Me too. Right. You don't understand. Perry. Oh. We've mentioned but wanting to go to Kew Gardens because she's a botanist. This like actually letting Perry like plants. We we love to see it. This looks like a comment I wrote a month ago and forgot about. But it holds true. I do want to go to Kew Gardens, but I am not a botanist, alas. Yeah. I like the concept of um botanical gardens, but unfortunately none will ever live up to the Eden Project. I love the Eden Project. I've it's the best. Never been to the Eden Project. <gasps> it's so good. I went when I've, it was I've... being built. <laughs> I remember being there being such a fuss about it and we did a lot of caravan holidays when I was a kid mm. but we never got as far as Cornwall which is good because somebody probably would have murdered somebody on the car drive down. Probably, yeah. Because it's such a long way. No, I went when it was being built and I remember having a massive tantrum about having to wear a hard hat. I really didn't want to wear the hard hat. <laughs> um, normal brain. Um... <laughs> <laughs> and then we went again a couple of years later and then I went on a school trip when we were on the back nice. leg of the Italian exchange we went to the Eden Project that was good um, nice just generally a fun time uh, also MCR performed there recently <laughs> I'm so gutted I can't make it to any of the MCR concerts mm. oh my god oh my god they better release a fucking tour CD or something they better my friend was there at Milton Keynes <gasps> on Friday and it looked amazing oh my god to be fair, I'm too old and decrepit to go to concerts anymore. I'd need to bring a chair. <laughs> <laughs> well, I haven't been to a concert but since before the pandemic. 
I haven't been. Is that true? I haven't been to a concert since. No, yeah, it is. But it's some comedy, but I've not been to. Any I concerts. went to see. I'm trying to remember if I went to see any concerts after I went to Mitski, and Mitski was in my first year of university. Oh boy, that's a long time ago. Yeah. No, I think it might have been. I've Mitski. seen some musicals. Oh, same. I've been to the theatre. I, s- I saw the theater. Um, Legally Blonde, the <gasps> musical at Regent's Park you know, Open Air Theatre you know, last night. Oh my god, I've been seeing that production. Was it good? It was fantastic. Mm. It was. I like. It's one of my favourite musicals. I usually don't like fluff feel good musicals, but this one is genuinely really well aim, done. Aim, did you know? And it's a fantastic. <laughs> aim, did you know that Peter Davison was in Legally Blonde on the West End before? <laughs> yes, I think I saw him in it. <gasps> before you were. Let me just check when he was in it. <laughs> Let me just check. I wonder if um, there's any bootlegs the... of him in it. So I definitely saw it when um, Sheridan Smith was in it. Was in it. Yeah, it might have been the same time. I want to know so if there's any as, as Callahan. Yeah, as Callahan. I need to know um, if there's a bootleg of it. I have I have a very long YouTube playlist. Of bootlegs? Yeah, yeah. I, I saw this version. I saw Peter Davidson as Callahan. Oh my god! Ten years ago. Oh my god! Oh my god. <laughs> Thank you. I completely forgot that. Because <laughs> it was ten years ago and I didn't care about Peter Davidson Was then. he good? He was fantastic. Yeah, he was really good. He sang really well. Nice. I'm very pleased about that. We need a musical episode of Doctor Who. We need a musical episode of um, Reversing Polarity. Yeah, we actually do. The gunfight is nearly was. I still need to re-record the audio for that because it turned out our tempo was completely off. Um, oh, I, I, I'm happy to re-record my bit as well. Excellent. But I think I can relearn it. Yeah. Anyway, um, <laughs> after that tangent, love how she's in period dress, but the Doctor is like, fuck it, if I stand out, I stand out. The Doctor just loves his coat. His coat fits in anywhere because it doesn't fit in anywhere. Like, like much him. like my school uniform, as the head teacher used to say, brown never goes out of fashion because it was never in fashion in the first place. <laughs> um, I just want to know where she thought they were going to end up. Because the sleeves, she's got these beautiful, like, puffed, ripped sleeves. Like, like mm. Snow White or something. But the skirt it's, is straight. Like, yeah. I think it's meant to be Regency, but it, the sleeves are really not Regency to me. They do not read Regency. Uh, they don't. She's also got some really nice red boots. Mm. With, which they zoom on the heels. I think the director is pointing out that Perry's just in discomfort the whole time. That's a woman's touch. Yeah. <laughs> um, I do like the idea of them trying to go to a... Um, Regency and Tudor revival planet that was colonised by Austin enthusiasts <laughs> and each country is named after an Austin family and they feud. Um, I just think that's neat. Yeah. I just think that's very neat. Perry doesn't get a lot- and I don't know enough about Austin to write it. Perry doesn't get a lot to do this serial. Um, I liked when she was holding the master and the Rani hostage for a very short period of time. That was good. But that was sort of her one big moment. Um, and the rest of it she's mm. sort of damseled as far as I She remember. does get to know things about plants. She does get to She know does damsel quite a lot. I don't know. This is like it's a good like I said, it's a good episode for the Perry Six dynamic. It's not a good episode for Perry's action like doing things. Yeah. Um, well it's not a good episode for anybody doing things. Yeah, that's frankly. true. There's a lack of, there's a general lack of activity, which is why the master spends so much time just bitching. Speaking of Who the heck are you? Well, I am usually referred to as the master. Let's talk about the master, Mm. because as ever, for fuck's sake, he counts. Yeah, when we do have our own master segment, um, it's been a while, but we can bring it out of storage. Let's do it. Um, Do you need to call the storage unit? What? I don't know how much notice they need to get it out of storage. Oh, sorry. (laughs) I'm making an awful joke. (laughs) I'm very funny. I am a comedian. 
the master is great in this. As established, I have no fucking idea why he's here. Why is he here? Did Ainley want to come back? And he, they were like, all right, Pip and Jane, stick him in this one. Must be. Must be. Like, I love um, Ainley. He's always it's also just It's much. nice to see him again. Yeah, I've got, I've got my um, Ainley master t-shirt on for the recording special i wish i had a rani t-shirt oh my god yeah it's just it's just good to see yeah, him yeah he's being combative with the I, doctor he's being combative with the with the rani it's good it's not my favorite Ainley master because that is definitely survival that's fair he does turn into a cat boy in that he does turn into a cat boy <laughs> so i just i enjoy it i like him being a little kitten mm, my previous favorite Ainley master is five doctors Ainley master um that's good because he's so annoyed that the doctor doesn't believe him and it's like in what universe would he ever believe you it's good he just the master is like he thinks he has the brain cell but he doesn't which is a dangerous he has never combination had the brain cell like the ma- the doctor thinks he doesn't but often does the master thinks he mm-hmm. does but often doesn't and the rani just does have it um just yeah, the, the, the Rani's hoarding it. The Rani sees mm. all these time laws and their brain cells and goes, hello, have a maggot and takes it. Yeah, she's got so many brain cells. <laughs> but yeah, he like he wants to annoy the Doctor. He doesn't want to. He doesn't seem to want the Doctor to come to actual physical harm this serial, which is troublesome because the Rani definitely does. Yeah. Yeah. And he doesn't seem... Like, his motivations and his actions based on the deal with the Rani, he's sort of following her around. Mm. He's essentially there to be the yeah. bitchy... The, the bitchy gay sidekick. Fair enough. And he does do that well. Mm. The 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 in, in the production of Legally Blonde the musical last night, the bitchy gay sidekick was the dog. Yeah. Rather than an actual chihuahua. In the production I saw ten years ago, it was an actual chihuahua. Yeah. Which was amazing. They decided not to do that, maybe because it was the open air theatre and mm. they thought they might lose the dog mm. in the park. Um so they had a person dressed up as a dog oh wearing God, a literal bondage harness. It was <laughs> When I went to see Chiss City Bang Bang, they had robot dogs, like puppets that looked like robot dogs. Okay, that's cool. Which was good. But they also replaced the Hushaby Mountain reprise with a song called Teamwork Makes the Dream Work. Um, Why would they do such a thing? Because they hate me personally, and they know that the Hushaby Mountain reprise is my favourite, possibly my favourite song in all of musical theatre. So... That's a really high bar. It's so, it, it gives me so many feelings, Aim. You know, it's been so long since I watched Bang Bang. I used to very, very conclusively claim it as my favorite musical, and it's still definitely up there for nostalgia reasons. The Harsh by Mountain reprise mm. is just like ooh, um, and nothing to do with Doctor Who. Excuse me. On your knees, Doctor. A decent amount. It was. It, it was delight. There's a lot that we could project onto. They gave us fertile ground for for rainbow flags. Yeah. So um, do- the Doctor and the Master, master obviously, mm. goes without saying, our favourite bitter exes. It's just the fact that the Master shows up, he immediately knows that it's the Doctor, and then he goes about antagonising him. He's like, the, ma- the Doctor, he's the one with those ludicrous yellow trousers. <laughs> what does he call the coat? He calls the coat something very specific. Uh, wears okay, yellow trousers and a vulgarly coloured coat, but go carefully. He's treacherous. He is treacherous. I darling. love it. <laughs> this this point that you have here, I think, is beautiful. Yes, Ronnie and the Doctor is uh, Wallawa Malum hostility. Malum, um, Malam, yeah. Um, I'd say MLM, but I do just think of multi-level marketing when I say it that way, so it's MLMs. Um, and if they were human in an activist group, they would still exclusively communicate through veiled threats. Um, 
Like they would be <laughs> on the same side, but they would not be happy mm-hmm. about it. <laughs> yes. It would be like they'd be it would be very much like the worst person you know just made yeah, a good point. Like in the film Pride when the lesbians break off to form their Ugh. own group and it's like I mean that they are right, but also they're being bitches about it. <laughs> I adore that film. It's so good. It's so good. I love it. I might suggest watching it. It's Pride next weekend up here. Mm. No, it's not. It's Pride in two weekends Yes, because next weekend so something else move. is occurring. Next weekend we have plans. Mm. We'll next get weekend back there will be waffles. So maybe I'll suggest we watch Pride. That has nothing to do with Doctor Who. Yeah. Um, and also Ronnie and the Master the, the, have the, the same the, thing. It's just she's the ultimate evil lesbian. The ultimate evil lesbian. <laughs> Like um, this is why she needs to. The the RTD should bring the Rani back. Just let her be once again the ultimate evil lesbian. Yeah, yeah. We need some more evil lesbians because now we've had enough nice lesbians that we need some more evil lesbians to balance it out. Just for balance, lesbians can be a little evil too as a treat. Yeah, maybe Yas can turn out to be an evil lesbian. I'd like that. <laughs> That's that. That is fruity. Mm. But yes, and this is a that genuine question. Do we think the Bakers were trying to set up a love hate hetero dynamic with the Rani and the Master? Like is it? Yes. Because it because do- <laughs> what Kate and Mara, Kate and Mara and Auntie Amy actually put their backs into is being bitchy. Is making it as gay as possible. Bitchy and gay. Like there's no romantic chemistry. They just clearly fucking hate each other's guts. It's so funny. Yeah, I think they probably were because Pip and Jane Baker are the sort of people who would put that there just because how I'm else would the children forward- know that it's good to be straight? I'm looking forward to your opinions on Pip and Jane Baker in our BTS and critique sections because I feel like there's some animosity yeah. here. <laughs> I just think that they are preachy and write bad stories. I see. Um, I like that you said that I the miners just have the vibes. Yeah. It's the homosocial nature of being miners, I think. It is. Which is, it is. And once again, being they, a miner, gotta... pride. Wow, connections. Connections between the two <laughs> properties. <laughs> yeah, I... Um... They just have to huddle up to each other for warmth down the mine shafts. Mm. So also something something shaft stroke. Something something. Um something something. Yes. That's comedy, right? That is comedy, yeah. Uh as we've already mentioned, the doctor has a little crush on Stevenson, a little brain crush. Um just a little one. Let the doctor fuck all the adventures. I just think six inventors. Six has such gay energy to me. And it's the best. But way. he's like the charming gay uncle. Yeah, he's avuncular. He's like the 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 elder gay. And once again, thinking about pride. I, I'm now just thinking about. I'm just thinking. So about what pride. we're saying is, don't watch Mark of the Rani. Watch Pride instead. Yeah, it's such a good use of your time. I I went to see it with my dad um, in cinema. Ooh, how's that? And on the way home, he apologized to me for his childhood, where he was a bit homophobic as a teenager. <laughs> That's actually really Dad, endearing. I love you so much. It was sweet. I was sobbing my fucking eyes out at the end. And Dad did look sad, but I was just like when there's the when there's the, the parade and they're saying what happened to all of them, I was just like oh, I love oh. that bit just gets me. Mm. That always gets me. Mm. What a film. Extremely film. Good. Maybe I'll try tonight mm. at a different time. I'll watch it tomorrow after yes. time lash. <laughs> you really creating quite um quite a quite a lineup for mm. yourself there. Um what else is gay? Rani. The Rani. Um, the Rani. Yeah. Not... There's just yeah. not a single bit of straight energy there. Mm. Something LGBT is definitely occurring. Indeed. Um, I've put a as note here say, because... As the kids say. My brain was not working when I made this note, but 
something something really? expert at disguise queer invisibility heteronormativity something something what i think i meant to say so i thought that was a brilliant point thank you what i mean what i meant to say it's in more words is that the rani is specifically she talks about regeneration and she says she doesn't need it because she's an expert at disguise which is like being the chameleon you know fitting in with all communities mm. managing to conceal yourself under hetero assimilating assimilating exactly um and then secretly doing these experiments <laughs> Um, yeah maybe not the best subtext in the world but i thought it was interesting it's definitely interesting especially when you when you see her being such a mean person maybe if she was able just to not not hide so Mm. much yeah i just like it when i managed to spot some queer subtext that's actually about like you know the 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 lens of queer theory queer experience rather than i think the doctor and stevenson should kiss which is also valid but you know, for our gay Doctor Who podcast, I do I love I love when you bring the depth, so I've got to try and bring it too. Um Kemimara is so fucking good in this story. She's fantastic. She was very well cast, I think. Also, okay no, we can get to it in wife. Or we could just we could just go straight to we could get on the minecart and go straight to Wife City. Hmm. Oh sure. Lots of people. And there's a woman! A woman. A woman? Hey! I'm I'm usually not one for an evil wife. Evil um, wife. Evil wife. Evil wife. Finally, <laughs> this is an evil wife I can get into. Yeah, like who are our previous evil wives? Cassia, um, the woman from We've the Keys of Marinus, whose wives. name I don't remember. I think her name started with a K too. Um, Tegan, but possessed by the Mara. Um, I mean that that's a different kettle of fish. The, Tegan, the, and I love the her. woman from Fury from the Deep. Uh, evil wife. Evil wife. Um, I'm trying to do these off the top of my head. <laughs> uh, Grace, when she was possessed by the master, she was sexy. Um, we didn't list wasn't her. Was there the an wife evil thing. wife in Battlefield? Yes, Morgan, Morgan. Yes, of course. Yeah. Someone's fucking yodeling outside my house. <laughs> do you not That's know I'm recording a podcast? Um, but yeah, the Rani wears leather trousers in this serial and no one ever fucking told me. <laughs> but when she takes that skirt off and strips that, oh like, my God. Eurovision making your mind up style. Oh my God, making your mind up. Like, no. Oh, stop groveling. No one's going to believe you've got a conscience. It's so funny. <laughs> like, that's when the master is trying to apologise because he never intended for Perry to get hurt. His only uh, his only objection is with the doctor. It was the doctor. Mm. She's just um, sexy. Ass. Good lip gloss. Good lip gloss. I'm not usually a lip gloss fan, but she works. Great it. hair, great cheekbones. Um, smart. Like great she's very intelligent. Bones. She's a scientist. She could probably you could bring her. She home. went back to the Cretaceous area to get some T Rex embryos. Yeah. You know, I think she's a she's just a dream woman. No problems with this woman. <laughs> <laughs> Warranty intact. Hmm. Um, and yeah. has a very sexy TARDIS interior. Indeed. Oh my god. Love it! <laughs> it's been it's just, one week since you so looked at me. <laughs> um, okay, I do love this t-shirt that's just a black t-shirt with the Rani, Kate Mara in like the seventh Doctor uh, credits font. I think that's good. How that's else? good. It, you it, buy it. it is £17, so I might hold back on it. Um, yeah, so that the other wife, of course, is Perry. Of course. Perry in her beautiful yellow blouse and her Regency dress and her perfect accent. Pull up your skirts, Perry. There's adventuring to do. Her accent is... It, it, I just feel bad for Nicola Bryan having to do this stupid fucking accent. Yeah. 
Why couldn't they just hire somebody American? But this is the this is the confusion. Like, if you want an American companion, you're gonna have to plump up for an American. There are one, definitely Americans. Like, like in the world, Fraser Hines isn't Scottish, but going from an English accent to a Scottish accent is easier and I think more consistent than going from English to American. I don't know whether you would agree with that, but mm. like, well, somebody who's often mistaken as a Scot. Mm. Um, I told you this. People will occasionally ask me where in Scotland I'm from. That does make sense. You do sound vaguely Scottish. <laughs> I'm from Wolverhampton. Mm. It's just, you know, the further it's north you get. Same. It's like all of the characters in this, we're in sort of the northeast, aren't we? And they're saying the and thou, which I really enjoy. It's, you know, some authentic yeah, dialect. Um, mm-hmm. Also made me think about the Goblin Emperor because I've been rereading Witness for the Dead again. I've really struggled to get into the Goblin Emperor. That is fair. I know loads of people who love it. Witness it's, for the Dead is a I lot less... The Witness for the Dead is a lot less dense. It is a just a standard, like, murder mystery. Um, first person perspective. Okay. Gay main character. I love him. Okay. He is my best friend and I want to give him a hug. Um, Good. He's also, he's in the Goblin Emperor, but that's just sort of for his backstory and it is sort of re-explained. <laughs> so you can just start with that. The next book's coming out next month, you know. You could borrow my copy. Okay. You could borrow your copy. <laughs> mm. Mm-hmm. But yes, Perry I'm is... i a book of essays on it. Anyway. Nice. Perry's wife, as always. Um, I've just realised I forgot to get my copy of Inside the TARDIS out. Excuse me. Ah! <laughs> Jesus. Oh no, I pushed my Ooh, I haven't I got... pushed my wardrobe door off the track. Fuck. I wonder if there's anything about Mark of the Rani in the science of Doctor Who. <laughs> I hope so. I doubt it. I hope that I hope that Mark of the Rani inspired at least one woman to do a science degree. Alas, it is not in here. I hope so too. And Travers and the Rani. Those are the two. And Liz Shaw, obviously. Yes. Liz Shaw deserved more. Yes, she did. Right. Mark of the Ro- Oh, it gets me one mention in this book. I'll get it. I'll get it skewed up. Today's science fiction so often becomes tomorrow's science fact. I mean, I've started it with Ames' personal history with the story, which is I spent a lot of my childhood um, in Bliss Hill Living History Museum, which is where it's filmed. Yeah, I've also been. Um, it, I, I went. It was easy to get to from Wolverhampton. I spent a lot of time there, and I love it very muchly. Um, Once I won some sweets on the shooting gallery game, but I also didn't realize nice. that I also didn't realize that when you shoot a gun, it recoils, and I did have it put in front of my mouth to aim it. So I did get hit in the face with the recoil of the gun. So the sweets that sounds painful. The sweets were good, but they were not worth the pain. Uh, but Bliss Hill was lovely. This story had working titles of Too Clever by Far, which it's not, <laughs> and Enter the Rani, which would have been good. Mm. Um, this was the last story of the original series of Doctor Who to be directed by a woman. And the next such occasion was um, Blink, directed by Hetty MacDonald in Insane. 2007. Insane. Firstly, ooh. Secondly, how many episodes of Doctor Who have been directed by a woman? Mm. You'd think this would be fairly easy information to yeah. get. It is not. Um, I could have I could have done more research on this. I googled it and there wasn't anything. Mm. So I found the TARDIS wiki page of Doctor Who directors. And again, this is just looking at names and pictures and assuming gender, but on the list of directors, which probably has, I'd guess, um, about 100 names. There are 11 who are women. Yeah, I think, was it Paddy Russell who did it a lot? Yeah, Paddy Russell did a lot Mm. of Doctor Who in the 60s. But yeah, this is one of the things with, uh, with Russell T. Davis I would love him to improve, is that he did manage... To go two and a half series as showrunner. Without a female Without writer. Without a female director. Direct- a female writer in season three, yeah. Female director. Okay. Because um, fucking... Is it Jacqueline Rayner did um, Daleks in Manhattan? 
Oh, yes, of course. Yeah, and she was on the writing staff for a while anyway. Yeah. Oh, my God. Sorry, I've just found out that Paddy Russell worked on Quatermass. This is my wife. Um, She directed Invasion of the Dinosaurs. Oh, my God. I love Paddy Russell. <laughs> Sorry. I mean, Invasion of the Dinosaurs is really good. It is. She also directed Pyramids of Mars, Horror of Fang Rock, and The Massacre of Simple Thorn Museum. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, that, it's just a just general comment on... Ugh. Mm, it's... And part of it is industries like this, but also yeah. that's not, that, that's kind of a piss poor excuse. Yeah. Legend of the Sea Devils was directed by a woman. Um, Unfortunately, Legend of the Sea Devils wasn't very yes, good. Yes, not due to the direction though. Mostly, no. I, I think it's due to the editing and due to having to be recuts. So the Rani was conceived as a new ongoing villain, but the character only appeared once more in the series two years later in Time of the Rani. Kate Amara reprised the role for the TV special Dimensions in Time, as we mentioned earlier. Um, Tatar's wiki has the addendum, which is considered to be a non-legitimate story by many fans and this wiki. Mm. I think it's a legitimate story. I think it's incredibly canon. It definitely I've happened. never actually watched it. <laughs> oh boy, it's an experience. Mm. It's bad. Yeah. And the spin-off audio production, The Rani Reaps the Whirlwind. The possibility of the Rani returning to the revival series has been a source of fan speculation since oh, 2005. So has. Many things have been a source of fan speculation since 2005. With virtually every female character, from Rose Tyler to Donald Noble to Lucy Saxon to Missy, being considered possible Rani's in Missy disguise. Missy was a very legitimate we know possible Rani. She was a very possible legitimate yes. Rani in disguise. Incredible. Yeah, yeah. Um, Missy was a very good character. Yes. Also, uh, Rani from the Sarah Jane Adventures was was considered to be a possible Rani in disguise. I remember that. Because I also thought that. Because I was 10. That's understandable. Did you know who the Rani was when you were 10? Uh, I did, because I'm a very cool Doctor Who fan. Also, Rani is back in Doctor Who Redacted, which I still need to fucking listen to. (sighs) I'm so bad at listening to narrative podcasts. So bad at it. During the scene where the Doctor makes his face dirty using Fuller's Earth, Colin Baker unknowingly smeared dog excrement on his face. That's it. That's the point. Mm. Poor Colin. That's an info text one for sure. Oh, definitely. Pip and Jane Baker created the Rani after John Nathan Turner said the master was becoming too pantomime. Bollocks, John Nathan Turner. That's the point. Bad gay. Um, the Rani's character... Bad gay. Yeah, we should do a bad gay style episode about JNT at some point. Mm. I think that's on the list. The Rani's character came to Pip and Jane Baker after a chemist friend of theirs said, all you are is chemicals. <laughs> to which another replied... But what about the soul? What a conversation to be having at a party. I just imagine this being at a party. I don't know whether there actually was, but like they're all sitting around. Like an Abigail's party situation where everyone's fucking miserable because it's the 1980s. (laughs) (laughs) The cast and crew were stuck with the issue of having to film the story mostly on location during inconsistently rainy weather. As the story entailed one part to be in clear weather and the other in the rain, this resulted in the team having to constantly shift back and forth between areas in order to get everything filmed properly. One such scene in the clear weather portion involved the Doctor being tied to a pole in the forest by his hands and feet, and because it took a long time to set up due to Colin Baker needing a special rigging to keep his back supported while being tied up, it wasn't easy to shift from that scene to a rainy one on the fly. As fate would have it, rain started coming in exactly as they were filming that scene, and the crew were in such a rush to get to the other location that they left Colin Baker stranded in the woods, tied to the pole Mm. for around half an hour. It's funny. It's very funny. It's very funny. Poor guy. And apparently some people saw him, didn't they? Really? I heard some people who like were like walking, walking their dog the like came across him and came thought he was like in this costume. thought it was a sex game or something and left. It does That it is my recollection of, of the story from like a Tumblr post about it that I vaguely recall reading. But thank Incredible. God we've made it to true. that story in the history of Doctor Who because it is very oh, important to me. It's very good. Yeah. Poor Colin. 
What a time. Um, I did look up oh. uh, Marcus Ronnie in Inside the TARDIS, The Worlds of Doctor Who, the only reference book that I mm-hmm. own and have on hand that references it. And it just says that it's the introduction of a sexy new female villain. <laughs> and that's the only mention of the Mark of the Rani in Inside the TARDIS. She is sexy. She is sexy. Um, She's very and it sexy. is the introduction of her. So that is accurate. It's just not very in-depth. Mm-hmm. Uh, do you know what I did do, though, for our critique portion? Um, I went what I went do? on Gallifrey Base and I searched Mark of the Rani to find what other people thought about it. Oh, boy. Anything interesting? Uh, we'll get to it. We'll get to it. We'd all go, except Miss Shaw. Oh, just a minute. I'm not going to miss all no, the No, Miss Shaw. Have you never heard of female emancipation? Liz, this time I think he's right. So, how do we feel about the bit where they call a bunch of upper-class middle Englishmen from the Victorian era many of the greatest practical talents the human race has ever produced? No, I... That is a quote from the Doctor. I did look up most of them. Most of them were working class... However, okay, like because I just figured that if, in order to be inventors or known no. at some point, you would have to be of standing. Interestingly, George Stevenson uh, was—he never went to school. He was illiterate until he was eighteen, um, and then he started paying to go to night school when he had a job. Um, and eventually, mm. he was promoted to like repairing colliery engines. So it was sort of to do with mining, but not so much anything. And then he was like an expert in steam okay. machinery. He invented, like, the safety lamp. There was some other stuff. Um, Humphrey Davy was the eldest of five children. He was sort of, I would say, he wasn't rich, but he was certainly more rich than some others. He also invented a safety lamp. He was from Cornwall. Um, okay, then we have that's cool. That's very yeah, important. Michael Faraday, who was also born into poverty in Surrey, fair enough, um, and had to educate himself and only had the most basic school education. There you go. Um, Interesting. And then Thomas Telford was a Scottish civil engineer. Ah, Thomas Telford. Have you heard of Thomas Telford? Again, being from the Midlands, (laughs) everything in a particular part of... There's there's Telford, which is named after Thomas Telford, and there's Thomas Telford School there. Yeah. I think there's even a Thomas Telford Museum just next to Bliss Hill, where this was filmed. Well, he was also born into poverty, and his dad died soon after he was born, so... And then there was one guy who was a baronet, but I can't remember who it was. <laughs> um, so of the five, four of them were sort of self-made men in the Victorian style. Um, That's cool. I do think That's better than I expected yeah, when I first heard yeah, it. I do think the lack of acknowledgement that the Luddites were right about the fact that their jobs were being stolen and that um, everything yeah. would end up ruthlessly crushing people beneath the heel of industrialization. Um, a trend that would not end. A trend that would not end. Like, maybe we'd be better off if we didn't have all that shit. I don't know. I'd like the continuing social progress, though. I enjoy that. Mm. Mm. Yes, that is something. I like it. We've already mentioned the point about the regional accents. Mm. But yeah, the class stuff is insane in this. Um, yeah. Good Lord's Raisin- yeah. Lord Ravensworth is there is is there essentially to legitimise George Stevenson's presence as a man of worth, right? To be like, mm-hmm. yeah, he talks the same as all of the other guys, but he is nice because he can come to the rich mm. guy's house and fix stuff here, whereas all of those poor mm, people because I say suck. he can. Um, he's not like them. Yeah, he's not like he's not like them. He's better. I mm. I'm sugaring him. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I hope that this is like verbatim what was said. Mm. I should become a history teacher. 
and I should just teach the Luddites and George Stevenson, and that's it, based on my <laughs> understanding of this serial. Apparently, it's extremely Actually, no, I think you should... anachronistic to have all this happening at the same time. Um, so there's that. Yes. I think you should become a history teacher who only t- teaches periods that have a Doctor Who episode. Yes. So... And you teach a Doctor Who as if it's a documentary. Yeah. I mean, I already do. I already do. I do talk about Doctor Ugh. Who a lot at work. We nice. had a lesson in nice. RE the other week where we had to talk about villains from fiction. So I did, of course, talk about the Master. Just had to. Just had to. Um, of course you did. The Master is a fantastic... Yeah, I like your point about automation. Speaking of the Master... Yeah, it's interesting that Master uses automation of the mines as incentive to rally miners against the Doctor in an episode produced and broadcast around the time of the miner strikes. Like, that just struck me as very interesting and possibly a little on the nose. It's tough. It's tough. It's hard to say... I don't think Pip and Jane Baker want to say anything with this. It's just that they accidentally did. Um, it's always interesting to see what Doctor Who says by accident, in a way, rather than yeah. deliberate allegory. Because with this... Sort of the way that... The way that Trek does really good like queer stuff when it's not trying mm, mm. episode produced yeah like i mean it's such an odd thing um it's it's just odd oh my god sorry i just i just remembered one of the best visual effects in the episode um you know in the Go first on. episode when the doctor is like clinging to the chain in the middle a guy falls down the mine shaft <laughs> yeah <laughs> Do you remember just what that looked like because it was the best visual effect of all time no, I don't. It's very it's similar been... to Paper Doll Vord falling in the acid. Good. That that's that's just perfect. Mm. Yeah, I think you're right about this. Um... I would love to write or to possibly read because I haven't written academically in a while. I'd love to read an analysis of Doctor Who and its relationship to the political reality of the 1980s. Because obviously, Seven gets really into anti-fascism, mm. and I want to know to what extent yes. it builds up over the course the of six the feels more ambivalent mm. although trial of a time lord has a lot about sort of the necessity of intervention right which is interesting because of like the falklands and shit mm. um yeah that's true actually trial of time lord is an interesting one in many ways mm. i can't wait for our trial multisodes we'll get there <laughs> oh, we'll get there baby um yeah, it just, it just struck me. I don't have any deeper thoughts on it other than... Hmm. Yeah, if anyone knows if anyone's written an article about that, we'd love to read it. Um, yeah, please send it our way. Um, I've also noted down that there was interesting use of shaky cam. Again, that's it. That's the thought. I just said, are we sure it was deliberate? Because I remember one of the bits of no. shaky cam was when they were on a mine shaft and the mine shaft tilted and it went... <laughs> there was another one where it was just like the doctor running out of one of the buildings mm. and I was like, oh, shaky. Mm. I don't know whether shaky cam was really an um, extant technique in the 1970s in this way. Like, obviously, if you're watching, it like, must have been. if you're watching like Volcano, but I think of shaky cam as being associated with sort of found footage stuff or like it's 82 because it's it? big in in Saving Private. This was 85. Oh, 85. Sorry, I don't know why I said 70s, but it's. Sorry. I feel like it's. Yeah, I just want to I feel like myself. it was bigger in like like Saving Private Ryan has a lot of shaky cam. It's to do with the impression mm. that the the camera is a physical object within the space, or that like you're you're seeing something through like. A, through a viewpoint that is integrated with the narrative. Um, I'm interested. Maybe we should have got Will to talk about Shaky Cam because he'd probably know, right? He would uh, know. We can always get him to do a like a JD Amar- Amata drop in the podcast. In 19, 19- oh my god, sorry. In 1981, the Shaky Cam style was named and given new energy in the film The Evil Dead. <laughs> okay. Um, I just saw a really big dog walk outside. Oh, I love that. That's cool. But yeah, I think shaky cam tends to be a longer and more sustained shake than in this, if that makes sense. Whereas this is just, the the camera is not steady. Mm. It is interesting, though. Mm. 
I feel like I was, it's, they did oh, mention oh, yeah. Saving Private Ryan in this Wikipedia article, though, so I wasn't totally off base on that one. Okay. Um, yeah, and the... Also, in the same sort of vein, the special effects they used during the time slippage mm. is perfect. Mm. It's very, very good. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, not exactly sure where else to put this, but the props team had a field day with the Rani's TARDIS in particular for all of this episode. It was just nicely made, nicely put together. There was, like, the nice little um, botanical book that Perry's looking at to get the the plant, mm. the Valerian root. It's just, yeah. I, I, I just adored the Rani's TARDIS. I like all the little pedestals around it with the stuff. There you go. Cool. <sighs> not massive. I think a lot of the critique... Yeah. But the other thing that you mentioned talking about was... Um, Pip and Jane Baker mm. a bit more. They were just quite of the preachy. Mm. I think is the best I'm to on Gallifrey. This is what is acceptable for children to. This is what's acceptable for the children to um, consume. Yeah, and these are the morals we should imbuing them with. Yeah, no. Which often, if you're trying to be tell a moral tale in that way, leads to very clunky storytelling and very little room for nuance. Mm. There's a and that definitely a comes through in this on one. Gallifrey base, which I've just scrolled past. Eating on the chip. It's as writable as anything else by Pip and Jane. Awful stuff and arguably the worst writers ever to work on the show. There's barely a line of dialogue in their scripts that sound like something somebody would actually say. Yeah, I mean, that's... Feels that feels like internet harsh, but I also yeah. don't disagree. Because, with that. for example, um, the bit where they finish, they 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 go back into the TARDIS at the end, and Lord Ravensworth is like, "Doctor, what do you do in there?" And the Doctor says, "Argue mainly." That's good. Um, mm, that's good. That's nice. I don't know. And then a lot of the good dialogue is here between Perry and the Doctor. Yeah, some people are saying like positive stuff. You know, good costumes, good direction. Perry gets to be of positive use. <laughs> that's a classic. Mm-hmm. Um, mm. Yeah. Shall we? Shall we call that our critique? Unless is there anything else you're finding on Gallifrey Base? Um. Yeah, a lot of people are sort of, you know, negative on it. Someone mentions that Ronnie kicks the master in the dick, um, which I missed. <laughs> okay. When I don't know. People keep saying it happened. I'm not gonna rewatch it just for that. Mm. But I hope it did, and I hope he liked it. Mm. Yeah, it was it was interesting. Anyway, let's talk about the 60th anniversary. Fuck yeah, what's go? So so we we've just had because again this is we're recording three months in advance rather than the usual six. Yeah. Um, we've had the tenant Tate announcement. Mm. We've had I know Yasmin, it's juicy Yasmin Th- Finney Bernard Cribbins. Yes. Um, the summer show. It's is three. Is I've it heard... three specials for the 60th? It's three specials. Um, they were filming in Camden last week, um, which is exciting. Mm. Um, Ten is back in a new outfit. Camden. Yeah. Have we confirmed that Yasmin Finney's character is Donna's daughter? Is that just spe- speculation? Because people are very hard. That's speculation, but that. it seems likely speculation mm. based on what like the releases, what people know so far. Yeah. There's a scene where she shouts "Mum" at the same time someone else is shouting "Donna." Oh, is there? I hadn't seen so, that. Yeah, I saw that yeah. on the Twitter. God, we also haven't recorded since Shooty Gatwa got announced. Oh shit! How? Oh, okay. Moment of extreme hype. Oh for my god, he's gonna be so fucking good. He's gonna be such a. I mean, I adore Jodie. I think Jodie's done a yeah. great job. I think she's not had the easiest stories to work with all the mm. time. He's going to be a breath of fresh yeah. air for the show. And very God, I've missed... Re- which I've is m- lovely. That's what you want from a regeneration. Just the Chibnall style has not suited me. It has not gelled with me. I miss mm. the RTD and the Moffat styles. I want them back. I want Doctor Who to feel Doctor Who-y to me again. Like Doctor Who? Yeah. And I appreciate yeah, I l- wanting I to go in a new direction. Chibnall, but... 
and I appreciate trying new things. Mm-hmm. It has not worked, and I want my comfort Doctor Who, but with gay and trans shit. So this is looking good for me. It's looking fantastic. Yeah, we, so it looks like we could end up with um, with um, Gaston Finney as the as Judy Cutler's companion. Mm. Although that's, she that's will be, she will be nailed down for Heartstopper seasons two and three, so it's probably less. <sighs> Have like, we talked about Heartstopper on this no, show yet? No, and it is really fucking good. It's so good. I'm tempted to rewatch I, it just for comfort. I did so earlier today. I saw someone tweet, "This Beautiful. was my Heartstopper about Glee," and I did go and watch the Curtain Blaine kiss from season two of Glee. <laughs> And it was my heart stopper, unfortunately, as a 13-year-old. So thank God kids have heart stopper now to be their heart stopper. So they don't have to deal with glee. Yeah, yeah. This was leading on from that thread of insanely cringe glee performances. Yes, I read that the other day and I was like, oh Those boy, Those all what was really did happen, didn't they? It wasn't even a list of all the cringe ones. I could think of some more cringe no, ones. No, it was such ass. But, but, I mean, I'm thinking about the one where the warblers performed in a shop. That was a horrible one. Um, hmm. Lots of terrible shit. There was the um, the one in the shopping mall, Barbara Streisand. Oh, the dance yeah, mall. safety dance. The fuck was safety that? dance? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, Archie gets out of the chair because they just couldn't wait <laughs> to do that every yeah. season. But yeah, let's not talk about Glee. Um, Doctor Who. Fuck hell yeah. Um, there's speculation about how Ten and Donna are back together at this point in the timeline. Yes, please tell me um, this. So I've seen various different things. Someone suggested the tricks that might be coming back, which is a Sarah Jane Adventures villain. Um, who mm-hmm. did you see Sarah Jane Adventures the Trickster episodes? No, no, I don't think. Basically, I did. the premise is it's a kind of um, I guess an it's a wonderful life situation in the sense that someone gets a choice, gets the chance to change something that happened, and it's that she she switches that she died when she was fifteen with Sarah Jane. So it's like it's called whatever happened to Sarah Jane, <sighs> and the trickster like lets this woman swap her death for Sarah Jane's death. So Sarah Jane no longer exists. Luke no longer exists. Ronnie is trying to figure out what the fuck is going on. Um, And there's sort Mm. of a suggestion that maybe there's some kind of choice that Donna has made so that, or someone has made so that she and Ten can travel together again. Or like Ten has made some kind of deal. Someone suggested a season 6B situation where before Ten's regeneration, the division got him. Um... Oh, that would be Which would be interesting, because they could definitely fix the memory situation, because it was stupid bullshit. Anyway. It was tragic. Yeah. It was very sad. And Donna deserves significant. Donna, Donna does. So what's this about the Inferno universe? Well, I saw someone suggest it, because the unit uniforms are much more militaristic, and someone suggested it might be Inferno universe, so it's more... Because they're all in black, and they're, like, properly built up, and all this kind of thing. Mm. Um... So there was a suggestion that it might be a darker universe anyway. Ten is wearing a purple coat. You know, there's all this stuff of... It looks it does good. Look good. Just the darkness generally seems more intense. But then it's also like the evolution of Doctor Who anyway has sort of got a more militaristic unit again. And not in the militaristic way they were in the 70s, but in a modern militaristic way. Um, Which is mm, arguably worse. Arguably worse. Certainly not great. Um, yeah, it's interesting. It's interesting. But I heard that obviously Inferno Universe will be tricky because Inferno Universe did get destroyed at the end of Inferno. But something similar to Inferno Universe is possible. Just like a darker timeline, I guess. That would be interesting. Mm-hmm. But yeah, let's. I, I, I'm really. It's great, great seeing so many people excited about Doctor Who again. Mm. I was talking to my my, to my family this weekend. I was talking to my mum about it, and she her her takes. She's a casual viewer. Mm. And her take is it's just been really hard to follow as of recent years and just not feeling like she knew what was going on at all and wanting to go back to the more simpler days when you, you could just tune in, not pay too much attention and know what was happening. Mm. 
so that's an interesting point from a character. I think we're going to get a lot of people who haven't watched Doctor Who in years coming back yeah. for it, which is nice. Yeah, definitely hoping for more engagement with Doctor Who. Not least so that children will stop looking at me like I'm insane for watching it. <laughs> I did when I was mm. when I was at my favorite school this year. One of the year fours did love Doctor Who, and I did lend her some of my Doctor Who books. So you know that was good for me. <laughs> I lent her the Dalek novelization. <laughs> The Dalek novelization is really it's good. It's very good. Um, but yes, just excited for the 60th. There's a lot of va- rabid speculation, like speculation. And there will be increasing amounts of gonna be in it, Especially because there'll be three serials. Maybe yeah. there'll be like different possible universes or they'll all be set at different, different points Doctor in Three the serial. timeline. They're just like extra stories. Maybe we're going to go back mm. in time and have like a weird, horrible Mark Hamill CGI doctor's you know, like, youngified Doctors. I don't know. Mm. Could be anything. I would like to see some classic Doctors and Companions showing up Begging, well. begging. Obviously, we're getting Tegan and Ace. It's just a, it's just a starter for getting Jamie back. <laughs> what if Jamie is actually the companion for 14? Oh, my God. Everyone accuses... Everyone it, accuses they could, though. They could, though, because they write... And actually, the Doctor is like, I'm 3,000 years old. There's, um... Because because Jamie had his memory erased, yep. didn't he? Yep, he did. Time with the Doctor, like Donna. So 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 if you bring Donna back and explain that, then you bring Jamie back in the same mm. way, <laughs> and everybody can fall in love with our Scottish yes. himbo. Yes. Oh my God, we deserve this. If nothing else, maybe we'll get a five-ish Doctors too. That would be good. That would be I good. Love the that was so, so fun. Um, yeah. Shall we talk about our exciting plans for next uh, weekend? Believe as well? me, it's coming up. <laughs> is it it when will be up? you'll you'll love how i've incorporated this you will love it all right then uh, okay i i'm sure i yes. will so um the expanded universe extended yes, universe this episode i'm going to talk about the rani because we won't get many chances let me get this straight a thing that looks like a police box standing in a junkyard it can move anywhere in time and space yes quite so but that's ridiculous um the rani's well, we have one The Rani's Gallifreyan name is Ushis, or Ushis, I don't know. This is from the novel, so there's not really a formal pronunciation. Known more formally as Ushis of Mia Simia Goria, or in other accounts as simply Rani, was a renegade time lady and member of the Decca. A brilliant but cold neurochemist, she knew the Doctor and the Master when all three were young and became an enemy of the former and an unwilling ally of the latter. Fantastic. Good short summary mm-hmm. of a girl boss. Um, <laughs> Father Kreiner had the heads of the Rani and the Master as trophies. However, at least one of them was a clone created in the High Council's Hatchling Project. Father Kreiner is part of Faction Paradox, something that I could not even begin to explain. <laughs> um, we should do something like Drunk History. Yeah. Which is like drunk trying to explain weird shit about Doctor Who. Mainline, I say mainline. Mainline EU Father Kreiner is a potential future version of Fitz Kreiner who believes he has been abandoned by the Doctor and becomes an evil overlord of some kind of organisation. And then he eventually is convinced by Eight that actually he wasn't betrayed and ends up working alongside Eight. That is my understanding of Father Kreiner. Um... I haven't read enough of the EDAs yet to understand it. Uh, Russell T. Davis once stated that if he had brought back the Rani, he would have cast actress Ruthie Henschel in the role. So that's probably coming up. Who would we cast as the Rani? Let's bring that back. Let's bring this back. I would cast Terry Farrell. Mm, True American. She's stolen it from Perry. (laughs) (laughs) Um, She was inspired by Perry. Yeah. I would cast Crystal Yu. (laughs) If she wasn't already... um, 
Sukyong. I think she would be good. Or she would be better. Hey, people can play numerous parts in Doctor they Who. They can. They absolutely can. See Colin Baker. Um, imagine, imagine if Karen Gillan came back to play the Ronnie. That would be sexy. That, would be sexy. that is the definition yeah. of Tweet sexy. Tweet us your Ronnie casts because there's lots of possibilities here, and we haven't had long to think about it. But um, no, we've only had one episode. Yes. Yes. Um, in August 2012, Davy's successor Stephen Moffat stated that he had no reason to bring back the Rani, thus putting an end to the rumours of her return to the television series. Surely, since 2012, there's been more time to speculate about this. Yeah. Everyone is always um, speculating about it, I would say. there's Everyone always thinks Everyone always back. wants the Rani to come back, understandably, because she's a girl yes, boss. We want women. Um, we want women. And there's no reason for her to have been working for the Time Lords during the Time War. Um, yeah. Imagine if the Rani just turns up at the end of the the sixth the centenary special and like shoots the Doctor, and that's why it's the day she dies. That's the the Master has been informed by the Rani that she's like, I'm coming to shoot the Doctor today. Sorry to tell you this. Do you want to do you want to come and watch? Yeah. And he's like, No. Wait, but how much? Did she try to like sell him a ticket as if it's a spectator sport? <laughs> like throwing eggs at Margaret Thatcher's statue. Um... <laughs> But yeah, so the first Rani, played by Kate O'Mara, appears in one Virgin Missing Adventure, two past Doctor Adventures, one Iris World Time book, I hope they kissed, uh, Doctor Sixth, which is the Mr. <laughs> Men Doctor Who book, the BBV spin-off audio, The Rani Weeps the Whirlwind, which was written by the Bakers, two Doctor Who magazine short stories, one Puffin E short, and one Twelve Angels Weeping. Um... I do want to note that one of the PDAs is Divided Loyalties, which everything I read about Divided Loyalties makes me feel insane. It's a Celestial Toymaker novel. It confirms Tegan is canonically Jewish, which is cool. And then there's just a bunch cool. of other shit that goes on in it that sounds completely insane. I can't okay, even, I don't on. know how to even begin to explain it. I'll bring it up another time because it's an Adric Nissa and Tegan and Five novel. Um, but maybe one day I'll read it. <laughs> Much like many of the other PDAs. <laughs> Um, and then the second yeah. Rani, there is a second Rani. She has been in two big Finnish audios. Okay. Um, and it's revolting that that's only two, and she was lost in it in 2015. Bring back the Rani. She's, that's been seven she's years. She's Scottish as well. Maybe that will Scottish be my Rani. big Finnish contest story entry is going to have the Rani. Unfortunately, you can't use any existing characters, can you? Damn. But yeah. Um, and then our short trip of the week um, this week. Uh, we're going on a short trip next week. <laughs> Yeah, baby. As soon as you said that, I was like, this is how you're doing it. Yeah. Uh, we're going to Doctor Who Time Fracture. We're going on. I'm really excited. We booked the tickets on Friday evening. We're going next Saturday. Yes. Um, firstly, I've not seen you since August. No, and that's horrible. And I miss you. And I'm very... I miss you too. I'm very sorry your plans to come and visit were fucked up mm, by me. It's fine. It just means that I'm paying less for my Time Fracture tickets. But yes, we're going to Time Fracture. I don't know anything about Time Fracture. I know that there's Doctor cameos. Really? I know that you're like saving, you're doing a mission. I don't know anything else I, I, about I, Time Fracture. I know a few other things. I got lunch with a friend who's been and she told me a few non-spoilery yeah, things. I don't want any spoilers. We're going to have an incredible time. I don't want time. any spoilers. I'm looking forward to it. I'm assuming there's a shop attached or something. I want Time Fracture merch. God, there must be. I just, I just want us to save the world. Yeah, we deserve it. Is there a possibility of think, not saving the world? My... I, hope, I not. hope not. Um, that'd be quite funny though. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that's our short trip of the week. Is that next week we're going to Time Fracture? It's very sadly we're going on a short It's trip. closing early. Very sadly. Hopefully, it's moving. We, we're thinking it seems likely it's going to move somewhere else in the UK that's cheaper. Uh, Cardiff makes God, sense. I miss. I want it to be in Cardiff because the Doctor Who experience was so fucking good, and that building that is was just so empty, good. and it could be time fracture. 
and a Doctor Who experience. Could be. I miss the Doctor Who experience so much. Imagine if I dressed as Ian Chesterton. Please dress as Ian. <laughs> I imagine you can do a closet cosplay really easily. I don't easy, own Ian. any suit clothes. <laughs> I imagine the charity shop has a really good closet cosplay. I will do Ian. my best. I will do my best. Um, but yeah, so X of the Week for our rankings. X of the Week. Rankings. Rankings. My X of the Week is the master, the Doctor's X. <laughs> I'm sure. That's very good. That's it. That's the joke. That's, that's the level good. we're at. Um, my X of the week is peril of the week for almost falling mm. down a big hole several times. <laughs> very good. Very good. Um, what's up? What's what's happening next? I still remember the tune. <laughs> Oh my god, it's been so long. Six Degrees of Blake 7. So, this one's another easy one. Peter Childs, who plays Jack, was in the Blake 7 episode Cygnus Alpha as Arco. I have seen Cygnus Alpha. It's the one with Brian Blessed in it as a cult leader. Um, (laughs) So, Blake 7 is such a Brian Blessed admitted in interviews that he mishandled his role by playing the part too loud. I disagree. I think it was fucking great. Um, Brian Blessed was also in the Tales of the Unexpected adaptation of Lamb to the Slaughter, which is the one with the woman who murders her husband with a leg of lamb and then cooks the leg of lamb and feeds it to the policemen that come to investigate the murder, Mm -hmm. which is a fucking good story, and she was right to do it. (laughs) I think people hate to see a girl boss winning. That's all I'm saying. Um, That's the theme. That's going to be the title of the episode, isn't it? (laughs) Yeah. The sickness of... I've already popped one in the spreadsheet nice. for the, for the nice. time being. I've popped a holder title nice. in. What is the holder title? The placeholder? Like throwing eggs at Margaret Thatcher's Absolutely statue. love it. Um, the sickness of Cygnus Alpha mentioned in this episode. This is a direct quote. Must have been based on a pun as Cygnus is pronounced <laughs> as sickness. Not quite. Is is it? Mm. Is it? Terry okay. Nation had previously used a prison planet named Cygnus Alpha in his Doctor Who serial, The Daleks Master Plan. Um, continuing our mm. crossing over of Blake Seven and Doctor Who crossover, they're in the same universe. The Doctor universe. just happens never to have been there at the moment of the time period that Blake is appearing at. Uh, and then there's just a quick quote: um, Vila is looking around the planet. He goes, "This is nice, isn't it? What a miserable hole! If we all complained, do you think they'd give us a refund?" And Arco, played by the guy who played Jack, says, "Shut up," which is most of what gets said to Vila in Blake Seven, as far as I remember. Oh, poor Vila. Poor Vila. I like Vila. Um, um, out of five, five items. I think I'd probably give this a off a two T Rex embryos out of five. Mm, yeah, I would give it. I love the vibes. I adored the vibe, but there's so little yes, substance. I would give it two out of five. One for each leg of the Rani's leather trousers. Hot. Thank you. Very. That hot. is a sort of reference to one of my favourite uh, letterbox reviews, which is a review of Dante's Peak, a volcano movie with Pierce Brosnan, uh, which <laughs> says two stars, one for each of the stupid grandma's burnt legs. Wow. She's very stupid. She just climbs. She just climbs out of a boat into this acidified lake, and you're like, "Why have you done that?" You. Silly That's woman. not a good it's idea. Not a good idea. Um, but yes, overall ranking. Rankings. rankings too much excitement over the overall rankings i would say 
Uh, I think this is going to be quite low on the Mighty 200. Yeah. Um, let's see where we're going to put it. Where would you pop it? I would... I know where I would Ooh. pop it. Where, what about you? Mm, it's tough. It's tough. I might put it... Mm-hmm. <sighs> it's hard. There's a couple of places. Where would you put it? I would pop it under Delta and the Bannerman. Good shout. That was around where I was floating. Because I was saying, oh, above Claws. And then cool. I was like, actually, I really like Claws. And I looked further down the list and I was like, oh, I think it is better than I like Sontaran Experiment, but not much else. But the Sontaran Experiment is there, yeah. unfortunately. We made, past us made these choices. Yes. I did not make, I did not read the novelization because I barely had time to watch the serial. So <laughs> let's find out what number it the is. The fact that we've recorded a podcast is it a miracle. It really fucking is. It's fucking it genuinely fucking is. Miracle. This has been almost as cursed, almost as cursed as talons of Wang Chiang in order to get this one. Oh, which reminds me, we should very quickly record our Wang Chiang episode after this. Fuck, we should. <laughs> yeah, let's do it. Let's do it. Um, yes. Where do we think this is going to be? Is it? I'm going to guess it's probably around a 70, 78. I'm going to say 178. I think it's going to be well remembered. <laughs> 148. Okay, so we're about even. Yes, it's above the Leisure Hive and the Lazarus Experiment and below Battlefield and the Sunmakers. Battlefield, as we've established, is criminally underrated on this list. Battlefield is one of the best episodes of the show. It is. It's perfect. Um... Hmm. Yes, yeah, so uh, thank you very much, everyone, for listening to this extremely chaotic mm-hmm. uh, reunion of podcast hosts after a long absence. And, uh, did you enjoy Tangent yes, Cast? Yes, did you enjoy Tangent Cast? It made up for the fact that we didn't have much to say about Mark of the Rani. Um, if you would like to send us anything or chat to us or just follow us on social media, we're on Twitter at PolarityPod or on Tumblr at polaritypod.tumblr.com. We love getting anonymous asks, even though we constantly forget to yeah. answer them. Um, thank you very much to our anonymous askers. We appreciate you very much. Especially we all do. the people who tell Send us about their gender love. shit with Doctor Who. We agree. We stand. Oh, yeah, we that's... love it. Um, yeah, we just we just love it. That's one of the, one of the yeah, best parts really of, of the pod is seeing those uh, Email us at reversing.polarity.pod at gmail.com. We only ever get emails from Anchor and Redbubble when they're telling me that my designs are illegal. Um, and please do oh re- rate and review us on iTunes and then please do join us next time when we will be covering the invasion of time I know it I know it this time it's real